Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako Chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 320. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. I'm Mario Rockefeller. And I'm Ichigo Gami, subbing in for Mako-chan today. Well, somebody had to. Yeah, she can't let us do the show ourselves. Yeah, well, I right- mean, if she left you unsupervised, what would happen? We'd start talking about all sorts of random shit. <laughs> Yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, you know, it, 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 instead of um, talking about you know the the normal the normal like stuff, we, it'd be more like this. You know, we we will get derailed once. Me and Ari would spend the next ninety minutes talking and bitching about Raw and SmackDown in the pay per view. That's not false. Exactly. All that broken glass can be dangerous, guys. Austin 316, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Well, you know, I'm here subbing in first, so if I need to, I will exercise the Baca hammer. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. No fun for you. Hmm. Yeah. You're lucky you're a girl, because I'd hit you. You're lucky you're a boy, because I'll still hit you. <sighs> I I can't win tonight. We are live tonight, week of July 25th, 2017, here on the Vogue Network. We are here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern with Encore Presentations Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat messages, Merc, XChat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesearch.net. The chat room is Vogue, V-O-G. Or you can head on over to AnimeJamSession.com slash Network, where there is some information about the Vogue Network and how you can join into the chat. And if you have an IRC chat client, it'll bring you right in. And we're also on Discord. So if you want to follow us on Discord, just head on over to VogNetwork.com slash Discord. And if you already have the application running, it'll bring you right into our server. Hang out and have a good time. If not, just sign in and have a good time regardless. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, hold on. I have to mute this. Um, I, 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 will, I will get into that in just a second. Ugh, stupid thing. Wait, what's going on? I will get into it in just a bit, so. Okay. So we're going to kick things off with how was your week? How was your day? Ari. Uh, well, paycheck came and went already, and then I'll have to go for rent money. But I have enough, you know, auxiliary savings saved up to save me until next week. Oh, that's good. Which is alright, because I might have to do grocery shopping within the next couple days or so, but other than that, you know, <laughs> barring any major emergencies. Mm-hmm. I always imagine that you, are because you always talk about your rent and everything, I imagine you have, like, one of those anime landlords, and she's, like, this cute little moe thing, and she's, like, smacking her hand with a ruler, like, give me my money. I know it's hard. I've lived Not in apartment the- complexes before, but I just always imagine that you have this super moe, but super, like, 
aggressive landlord. Physical physical description, yes. Temperament, no. Ooh. Okay. Also, I won an essay writing contest like sometime in the spring that I just it, yep, just last week figured out that I had won. Awesome. I was all, it's just like $25 gift card for Target. That's good. But hey, better than nothing. I'm like, I'm looking at the paper like, okay, I gotta sign it and give it back to her so, you know, they can acknowledge I want to maybe use it for like their blog, their blurbs or whatever. I'm like, not bad for like five, ten minutes of work. There you go. Maybe you should start writing some more essays and start publishing some short stories on Amazon, you know? Yeah! Maybe. And I mean, a Target gift card isn't bad. Their Halloween line is looking pretty awesome for goth. Yeah. So, does I haven't really mean, tried getting the goth stuff yet, but, uh... So, does it mean your eyes are spinning there, Ichigo? Maybe a little bit, but we'll get into that on my weekend day. <laughs> what else is going on in your realm, Ari? Um, let's see. Uh, forgot that, like, forgot that the uh, pay-per-view was on Sunday and, and told, you know, I got told, hey, you coming over to our friend's house to watch uh, Battleground? I'm like, all right. Oh, that's right. That's today, actually. Oh, all right. And so, yeah, I was over there watching it, and it was just meh altogether. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was I was at a plus two's uh, plus two comedies podcast on Thursday. Yeah. Up in the gamers the gamers vault, mm-hmm. and I. I was a guest in their show. They're well, not as a proper guest, but like a a contestant for their uh, their little game they play at the end of each show. Or it's the guest, the uh, host, and a audience member. You play like a trivia game for like prizes that everyone like brings to the game. I ended up winning a a 300 piece brick and morty puzzle, a Eagles branded uh, basketball hoop. Which will not stick to any surface in my apartment, and a iPhone like four case. Ooh, okay. Cool. It, well, they don't take it seriously, so you know, it's a, it's you know, it's a lot of fun, and you know, just streaming assessment going all right. Just have to build a bigger audience. That's all. So yeah, that's how things been going for me. Cool. Alright. you go. How was your week? How was your day? Well, my weekend day. <laughs> Let's see. Um, so the week, I guess you guys, if you've been listening last week, um, I had gotten accepted to two fashion shows, which means I'm sewing, 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 locked myself in my basement studio, um, never leaving starting to eat rats. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) basically just really focused on those goals and excited to see, uh, you guys when you come out for Otakon. Um, I hope I get a break, um, to maybe have a meal with you guys. Um, and then of course, uh, I guess overall, it's just been a matter of most exciting things, I guess, uh, reserving all the hotel rooms. Yeah. Um, basically the same kind of stuff I was doing last week, but just speed it up because we've got 25 days until Otakon? Sounds like it. 
Yeah, um, I guess I've been a lot busier on my Twitch, like Ari was saying. It, it's all about getting people drumming up interest and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, I follow a bunch of people on Twitch, so I was watching some of my friends today and watching some new channels and stuff. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, it's just basically been patterning, making armor, and doing all that kind of stuff all day today. Um, and then, I guess, for the rest of the week, it's just going to be the same. Um, making my costumes and trying to get ready for both Otacon and DragonCon and, oh, I guess, all three, RevelCon as well. Because um, there's only 45 days until DragonCon, 25 days until Otacon, and then, like, another month and a half or a month and some until RuffleCon. So they're kind of back-to-back -back for me, which doesn't mean that they're physically back-to-back, -back, but they feel like it. Well, Ichigo, you got your work cut out for you. That much I can say. The sweat on my brow is thick. Yes. Because I, I had the per let me finish that whatever I had the perfect background track for you for what you were describing and I just found it so it's more like this if it'll play. <laughs> Why would you do that to me, Ranma? As long as I don't look at the numbers, I'm okay. Or as long as the numbers are above the tens, like as long as the numbers are above the tens, I'm usually okay. <sighs> Can't breathe. Ah, the panic setting in! Okay, okay, well at the Otakon, the last meeting, it was the panic meeting, and they said not to panic. I'm- I'm being given constrict- ah, I've been giving conflicting advice! Okay, I'm just gonna ignore it now. <laughs> see, I yeah, that's- See- It's getting a little out of hand when you, like, spam it like that. See, that was Winamp spamming it because- because of the loop, alright? Well, Winamp can suck so many dicks! I think that's the first time Ichigo has actually insulted Winamp. <laughs> and it didn't immediately, you know, retaliate. Yeah, because here's the thing. All the music um, cross, cross each track with by four seconds. When it detects dead, dead air in the track, it'll just go into the next track. So with, this, with that one, it was so much dead air. It just kept endless looping like that. Winamp hates me. Feelings mutual, Winamp. You win this round. Well, my weekend day has been interesting. Well, I went out and did laundry, worked on more convention photos. I'm still working on it, on them. My goal is to pretty much be completed, or at least one con behind by the time Oticon rolls around, because I have a photo shoot to do. Um. What else did I do? Oh, yeah. And as Ari said earlier, I, um, the WWE pay-per-view, I was actually here at home watching it, and I was also grilling, and I got a message. I had messaged my friend Toshi, and he responded back that he was in town, so I stopped what I was doing, and I went to go out and eat and drink with the man. And I noticed that just about every time there is a WWE pay-per-view, there is something else interesting going on, and I end up doing that. It's like it's a sign. And also, at work, there's a um, project going on, and 
they decided, and I, because I probably need more training with it, I am now stuck with an iPhone. My sincere condolences. You're telling me. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and bitch about how shitty iPhones are, besides the fact that they have limited space unless you spend big money on them. It's just that I'm not used to its touch and gestures as opposed to Android, so it's like, I have no idea what I'm doing half the time, so with it. But Does it still have Flappy Bird on it? I have no idea. Then I don't want it. Well, you can get Flappy Bird for Android. I already have it, but they actually took the game off the uh, the Android store, the app store. There's Why? Wave, there's ways. Oh, forever ago. Yeah, it seems that the guy that was creating was making a lot of money and some of the issues with it, he would get in trouble in his country with the game, so that's one of the reasons why he pulled it. If you look it up online, there's more. you can find out more information about it, but, you know, there are ways to put Flappy Bird on your Android phone, so I wouldn't really do too much. I already have it. It's all good. I'm just being... Wow. Aren't, well, aren't you being kind of special tonight? I'm always special, Rana. <laughs> Good lord, if you were the final boss, I'd probably be fucked. So, anywho, um, we're gonna go ahead and take our first break, and when we get back, there is so much news that we're gonna talk about. And, um, let's see, what else do we have here? Um, so let me get into some quick housekeeping news. Um, Next week, we're going to have um, one of the hosts of Plus Two Comedy on the show. Uh, and I guess he's one of the creators of Plus Two Comedy. Plus, he is behind the project on Kickstarter, Game the Gamer, uh, Noah Houlihan. He will be on next week to tell us more about it. Um, due to a miscommunication, he was supposed to be on tonight's show, but I screwed up. My bad. I'm sorry about that. And, um, and I believe in two weeks, we're going to have a second town hall podcast and we're going to be talking about sexy cosplays and stuff like that not in the aspect of why we like it it's more of the aspect of hearing it from those cosplayers that do the sexy cosplay why they do it their thoughts and reasons behind it you know the negative kind of the negativity behind it and much much more so we kind of be all on an understanding even level thing that's will probably be in two weeks if everybody that I get as guests come on and they don't really have a major Katsukon, no, I mean, Otakon crunch. Um, if that doesn't happen, we will probably have it, have that show probably the, either the, tw probably the August 22nd or the 29th, probably the 29th, because me and Mako will be back from Pop Cult that weekend, so. We will see. We'll see how things go. Um, and I think that's it for now. So we're going to go ahead and take our first break. And is that the right track? Yes. You're breaking up. Am I, am I still breaking up? You're kind of choppy for a little bit. Uh, I think next week while I'm out, I'm going to go ahead and replace the mixer and kind of fix things. Because evidently tech support hasn't gotten back to me about some shit. So... I'm just going to go ahead and replace it and chuck this one, so. Or give it to somebody who wants to use it. I don't care. So, yeah. We'll be back. 
So what happened was before we went to break, I had a, I had, I had um, 
hit the, my finger on the vo on the volume control for the microphone, which is why I sounded so distant ch and choppy. That's fixed, and we're good. And I have to admit, I have to admit the fact that I'm really enjoying tonight because it's the second night where it's nice and cool out. I don't have the air conditioner blaring. I got a nice semi-decent brisk uh, wind coming through here. So let's see. I got my fan on. It works as well. Okay, that's good. It's a little hot down in uh, in the D.C. area. I, I, I'm displeased. Well, there's a couple of things I want to get into real quick before we get into tonight's topics. Um, last week, if unless your head was in a sandpit or somewhere, you most likely have heard about the passing of Chester Bennington, uh, vocalist for Linkin Park. One of the reasons why I bring this up is during the mid-2000s, even up until now, if you've gone to any AMV contest, there was at least one song with Linkin Park done to an anime. Very popular series such as Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Inuyasha, and so forth. And a lot of them were kind of hit or misses to me, but one that I posted on our Facebook fan page, my personal favorite was to Kingdom Hearts. And there were like two or three, and I found the, the correct one because I thought it was really good. And I did put a post up asking if anybody had a favorite Linkin Park um, song, AMV, but we didn't hear much about that. But all I'm saying is, you know, I think Linkin Park kind of opened it up for a lot of us anime fans because they were fans. It was like it was okay to be who you are and understand what's going on with you, and you have to deal with it the best way you possibly could. Um, next up on the list here, I want to talk about uh, Pokemon Go real quick. Uh, Pokemon Go Fest was uh, this past weekend. One of my friends went, and it was a giant clusterfuck. And from reading it, I see why. Um, it's the same aspect when you go shopping on Black Friday, whether it's online or in the stores where it just slows to a crawl trying to make your purchase. The problem was there were 20,000 people showed up and that prob that maxed out the load for a lot of local for a lot of the uh, cell phone providers in the area. What they should have done was um, pretty much cap it at 5,000 people instead of 20,000 and then just had like cell towers like kind of put along in the area to kind of help signal, boost the signal. Um, I do believe they are planning another Pokemon Go Fest. Um, and hopefully they will take care of it to the best of their abilities. You know, and I want to talk about that real quick. Um, and the last thing is I want to tell you all about is an upcoming Kickstarter called Game the Gamer. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Quick. It's pretty. It's it's created by Noah Houlihan, who's going to be a guest on next week's show. It's pretty much a video game game show, bringing back like the glory days of couch competition. In a way, it's sort of like along the lines of like the classic game shows that we kind of grew up with. So that's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, they're about a quarter ways to their goal. They have a little bit under a week left so we're hoping that they can get it so um, what we're gonna do is next week we'll have them all and we're gonna talk to them a little bit more about Game the Gamer and kind of figure out 
what came what the story behind this and where we go from here let's see and I think that's it for a quick wrap-up of news um, we're going to get into um, San Diego Comic Con. Ichigo, can you tell us what the hell is going on This with this so, gag order? Yeah. Comic conventions. If you've been not living under a rock, an awesome nerdy fanboy, you know that there are things called Comic Cons around. Mm -hmm. Well, one big old Comic Con decided to take matters into its own hands and has been um, basically in a landlock for the title of Comic Con for many years. However, mm -hmm. this year's come to kind of a head in that particular court. Um, Comic-Con, this year's convention, comes with a judge's gag order. With the trial looming, a judge expresses concern about what's being discussed on social media. Those attending San Diego Comic-Con this week will hear about fictional fights involving superheroes, extraterrestrials, zombies, and more. Noise about one battle, for the ages, however might be more muted. That's because of a suppression order issued on Tuesday by a California federal judge. The organizers of SDCC are on the offensive against other comic conventions throughout the nation. Mm -hmm. In particular, SDCC could be he headed to trial in November against Dan Farr and Brian Brandenburg, who runs Salt Lake Comic Con. The consequential case could impact the Mega Millions business of bringing production companies and fanboys together for a cultural and promotional love fest. Other disputes have been paused pending resolution of the San Diego versus Salt Lake. A decade ago, San Diego Comic Convention obtained a trademark registration for a Comic Con. This happened after the trademark examiner initially refused, noting that the mark itself was merely descriptive. To show otherwise, however, San Diego Comic Convention Executive Director Faye Desmond submitted a declaration that Comic-Con has been used continuously and exclusively in interstate commerce for over 36 years. Now facing trademark infringement claims, Farr and Brandenburg are making a fuss over what was represented in the U.S. Trademark Office. They are seeking cancellation and assert that Comic-Con is a generic term that's been effectively abandoned with the appearance of other conventions in places like Chicago, New York, Detroit, and many other places. San Diego Comic-Con, in turn, presents consumer surveys showing that over 82% understand that Comic-Con is a brand name. The plaintiff is also showcasing its efforts in policing the mark, including 144 cease and desist letters, 289 eBay takedowns, 41 USPTO letters of protest, and more. Yikes. Summary judgment motions have been submitted to U.S. District Court Judge Anthony Bataglia. Bataglia? Sorry, yeah. my bad. <laughs> but before any ruling happens, and before any possible trial results, the stories, uh, oh, the controversy has garnered significant attention. Sorry. Maybe it's because those who love superhero stories enjoy tales of good and evil and blanch at the prospect of someone coming in to ruin the fun. Or maybe it's because of a coordinated public relations campaign. San Diego Comic-Con suspects the latter. In a bid for a protective order filed earlier this month, attorneys for the popular convention told the judge that their Salt Lake peers had brazenly engaged in efforts to win the case of court of public opinion and cited press releases, news articles, Facebook posts, and tweets. Indeed, defendants boast that they have secured more than 200,000 media articles reporting on the case that are favorable to the defendants, stated the court papers. 
Additionally, many of the statements made publicly by defendants are misleading, prejudicial, inflammatory, or false. These include numerous claims that SDCC lied and or committed fraud on the government in order to obtain its trademark. With articles out there comparing San Diego Comic-Con to Superman's nemesis Lex Luthor, the judge heard a demand that the other side be stopped from making certain kinds of statements, lest the prospective trial be tainted. Bataglia rejects a move to stop Farr and Brandenburg and those associated with them from making any false or misleading statements about San Diego Comic-Con or the merits of the dispute. That would be an unconstitutional prior restraint, the judge concluded. However, accepting evidence that the veneer of, is being influenced through social media dialogue, the judge is preventing both sides from making statements accusing, suggesting, or implying that San Diego Comic-Con lied or committed fraud. Additionally, the parties aren't allowed to discuss the alleged genericness of the term Comic-Con, how the mark may or may not be descriptive, and whether San Diego Comic-Con abandoned its trademark rights. The parties are being allowed to post court papers, but only in full, without further comment. And the judge also warned that the violation would warrant strong sanctions and a wag of a judicial finger. Okay, now, here's my thing. To me, Comic-Con is a generic term. And depending on where you are in this country, when you hear Comic-Con, you either think of New York... San Diego, Emerald City, or Detroit, or wherever, like I said, wherever you are, you you assume that. Far as I knew, that was like a generic term. That's sort of like Katsukon going after another convention for blank con or something like that. Like, oh, we kind of own that aspect of it. You can't touch that. Honestly, Comic Con feels like it's just you know pop culture shorthand for, oh, look, a bunch of geeks in costumes are going to be congregating over here. That, I agree wholeheartedly, Ari. I'm all about the genericness of the term, to be honest. Comic-Con, for me, is something that when you're a little kid and someone says, oh, you know, mom and dad are going to the Comic-Con, well, you know, it's just a convention where geeks gather who maybe specifically, in this case, uh, when I hear Comic-Con, I think of things of American fandom right. traditionally. But... I mean, it's branched off into other things. Comic-Con also means anime convention in some instances. Um, to me, if, if like Ranma, like you were saying, there's specific areas you think of, especially because they have the names Comic-Con in the title, I, I never thought of specific Comic-Cons. Um, I guess it's because I've always heard them in their, in their shorthand, so like NYCC and mm -hmm. things of that nature. Um, so whenever I hear Comic Con, if I have to think of a convention, it's usually Wizard World, to be honest. That too, that too. That, um, that's, uh, that's completely but, understandable. But yeah. You know, it's like 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 one time, like I think it was about ten years ago, I went to visit uh, Doc Sakura and Rob and the rest of them, and I stayed out there for about four days. Uh, it, it was me, Doc Sakura, and uh, intern Drew. We went to San Francisco. Now Doc Sakura was saying, you know, we're going to go into the city. We're going to go drive to the city. My mind started thinking of New York City because when you live out here, if you're in this area, when you hear, let's go to the city, you think NYC. Uh -huh. But if you look, from looking at this, SACC is trademarking Comic-Con. That's what it looks like that they own. And honestly, 
they can have that because all the other conventions aren't even doing that. Hell, if I'm not mistaken, Denver Comic Con, they they made they amalgamated the words. It's only like they took out one of the C, so it's like Comic Con, one whole word, you know? Or just don't bother with a hyphen at all, just yeah. Comic Space Con. Yeah, that's what a lot of conventions do. Yeah, and I think the only reason that they got away with the copyright, because if <laughs> if you go into copyright law, mm-hmm. it's a, a long and winding road. Um, there's a lot of things, like we were talking a little bit about cosplay is not consent, um, yeah. and how that was trademarked. Um, they can send out a bunch of cease and desist letters and things of that nature, but even with normal conventions, if you trademark something and you don't, like, if you don't watch over every single every single little blip of things that say whatever the phrase is, whatever the catchphrase might be, maybe the character's name or whatever, you can basically get like a citation of abandonment against you. And considering how many years all these other conventions, them waving their little hand and going, we've been operating for 36 years with this title. Well, yeah, lady, but so have 20,000 other conventions. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the failed conventions that have been operating with the title. I mean... It's nothing new, and it's a genericized term, so they shouldn't be able to take it. And we'll see what what the judge says, though. The judge seems pretty favorable, like, considering how the slander against uh, San Diego Comic-Con is going, like, the whole Lex Luthor thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, considering he's just basically like, okay, you know what, y'all better stop talking that way about the Comic-Con, or else I'm going to smack you on the wrist. Like, it seems like he's much more open-minded about it, uh, considering the the subject matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or he may just look at the whole thing and be like, oh, this is not worth the aggravation. Sometimes, depending on how much money is being invested, honestly, I think other local conventions that use Comic-Con should band together and fight back. Because to me, it just seems like a generic term. Now, if we go into our chat room at live.bugnetwork.com, Bob Coffey has some interesting stuff to say. He just says that he misses the days where you could walk to the convention and get a badge as a local. Now it's like, good fucking luck. Yeah, um, dealing with that a lot of the conventions on the West Coast, um, I've heard, are basically don't even go anymore. Um, and yeah. it's really, it really stinks to hear that. Um, even con, um, conventions like Anime Expo, and I know a lot of the backlash against Expo was because they had to institute a security crackdown that wasn't even their fault. It was actually the SPLRG or whatever, the, the uh, father corporation that owned the whole convention center saying... Yeah we're putting in lockdown, you have to purchase these supplies for security because now it is part of our amended paperwork mm-hmm. and it's in your contract. Mm-hmm. And so they were out like $50,000 for this last minute thing that they didn't know that they were going to have to plan for. But everybody got pissed off because they were made to wait in line for four to six mm-hmm. hours just to get into the convention. Um, but I, I see that's that. I mean, until, until the con-going experience kind of hits its peak, we're still going to have these large lines and these large large collections of people and outgrowing these these convention centers, especially 
with instances like the security thing. Um, As far as getting back to SDCC, when it comes to Comic-Con, it's such a genericized term nowadays um, that I don't think they're going to win. But I don't know. We'll see in the future. Yeah, I I get it. And also to follow up to what Bob was saying, um, if they move out of SDCC, out of San Diego... Um, he could see them moving to Vegas by if this happens if they don't if San Diego doesn't expand the convention center. Um, I'll say this: from my understanding, conventions in Vegas have been quite hit or miss because of the pricing. But a con like SDCC moving out there, they could probably do it, and that could probably revitalize you know get more local conventions in the area. Yeah, because someone tells me like. Well, part of me wants to think that, yeah, con-goers aren't really going to go to the casinos, but on the other hand, you know, casinos pretty much fucking swallow up everything out there. Like, I I, ser- like, I don't know how well, you know, N- the NHL or uh, NFL are going to do out in Vegas. We'll see. Um... My experience of actually going and helping to run a convention in Vegas... Mm. <laughs> Which I found out that y'all there will be another Otakon Vegas next year, so <laughs> let me just chime in on this from a slightly professional perspective. Um, wait, wait, so wait, comes... wait, wait! Before you talk about that, we need to get okay. you some. We need to get you some music, okay? There you okay. go. Shenanigans. Um. Anyway, so dealing with Las Vegas and conventions, they are actually upping the infrastructure. And if you ever go out to Vegas for a convention, definitely take an Uber because 99% of the time you're going to get a native and they're going to be able to tell you all about the stuff that's going on. Um, Because there's an MGM moving out there. Like there's one that's moving into the National Inner Harbor uh, near the Gaylord. There's an MGM moving out there casino. It's already there. Oh, go ahead. It's already there. Oh, it's already built. Okay, that's cool. Well, I know the MGM over on the National Harbor's built, but they're moving one into Vegas. Now, I don't okay. remember if it's built or not yet. That's the one I saw about the one in the Gaylord. That was already a friend of mine works there. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think this past Katsukon, it was up and running and everything. I, mm-hmm. I haven't been paying attention, but I've heard it's good. Like, I've got a friend who works there as a hostess, and she says it's a really good job. But um, overall, I think the infrastructure would be there and everything, and SDCC, honestly, would probably be one of the only conventions that could thrive there. Um, as far as bringing the people in and bringing the interest, because let's be honest, even though it's Vegas, it's still in the middle of a fucking desert. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun though. The infrastructure's there, and I think overall, if a convention could do it, um, besides Otakon Vegas, obviously, then of course SDCC or Anime Expo could definitely handle that kind of logistics. Those kind of logistics. Possibly. We'll have to see. I'm not sure how Las Vegas Comic Con sounds, though. Just like the name of it. LVCC? <sighs> sounds weird saying. Uh, uh, shall we move on? Yes, yes we shall. <clears throat> While we're on the subject of Comic Con. The TSA says it did not ban comic books from checked bags on flights leaving Comic-Con. The thing about a major comic convention like Comic-Con, people are probably going to buy stuff, including comic books, likely in large quantities. 
But some traveling, but some travelers leaving San Diego after this past weekend's Comic Con, international, are confused by signs informing that comic books are not allowed in checked baggage. But that's just not true. Uh, United Airlines noted in replies to a uh, to, to you know, in Twitter that comic books must be carried on per the TSA. Uh, and yeah, some uh, people are a little bit. Uh, angry about that. Uh, they reached out to TSA for more information and were told by a spokeswoman that the warnings were not about not allowing any kind of comic books are just not true. There is, quote, no restriction on anything related to putting comics or any type of books in baggage, and the TSA never put out any guideline to that effect either. In fact, they are allowed in both checked and carry-on bags. Uh, she also noted that uh, while sometimes when you have a large amount of a particular item in a checked bag, like a suitcase full of comic books, it may trigger an alarm in it. <clears throat> Pardon me. It may it may trigger an alarm in, it, in the screening technology. All that would require is a quick check of the bag's content contents. She had the TSA will now be contacting airlines. Did post notices to that effect. And there's a couple of updates. Uh, TSA has now replied to United on Twitter, informing the airline that it had some wrong information. Just that there was no uh, TSA restrictions. Mm-hmm. And a spokeswoman for San Diego International Airport told the consumerist, <clears throat> where this article came from, that the airport had not heard anything about the erroneous guidance about comic books and check bags from either travelers, TSA, or any airlines, noting that an issue like that would, would be between the airlines and the TSA. I mean, they're fucking books, and these are a bunch of comic book nerds. You really going to be that hard on them? Look, fact of the matter Good is... Good job, United. Yes, exactly. The fact that it's United, I wasn't fucking surprised at all. Was not. Now, one of my friends, uh, Lauren, she said she was all over San Diego Airport, and she did not see anything like this. Now, I'm going to guess that was up there for, like, maybe 10, 15 minutes tops before shit went crazy. Well, the... Okay, so... Going from, like, the legality standpoint as far as, like, if it were something to worry about. The only reason I could see a large amount of comics being a problem, uh, besides the fact that comic book vendors have to ship their stuff to conventions anyway, but, but uh, you know, we're going to put that aside, mm -hmm. is that maybe people ship drugs in newspaper a lot, and so they're just worried about the collection of newsprint and comic book print housing yeah. cocaine. But, the, but, but you got the x-rays, I can kind of sort of see that per se, you know? Per se, but, I mean, there's a, there's, I feel like there's a science experiment or something that was done many, 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 many decades ago about newsprint guarding against, like, lead, uh, or not, le uh, like, radiation and stuff. So I don't know if that, like, if that was the reason why, but uh, I, I feel like it's just United fucked up again, and they're just, they, they fucked up. Mm-hmm. You fucked, so, up. They you fucked up. up. They fucked up. They fucked up. They exactly. Or fuck you, United. Fuck you, United. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Uh, they royally screwed themselves again. All right. Now, now, let's talk about something that's a little bit more cool coming out of San Diego Comic Con. I mean... I, I, I like this guy. I mean, I've never watched a show, 
that he's in, but I just like that he did this, because I was wondering, why was he dressed up as Edward Elric at the Justice League uh, event panel? But the guy who plays Flash, Ezra Miller, showed up as Edward Elric because he was cosplaying, and I thought that was fucking cool. He did a really good job on it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he paid attention to all the uh, the details, and it looked really good. I don't know. I, I question the wig, though. The wig was a little okay. bit out there. But other than that, the fact <laughs> that he's running around with this big fucking grin, I get, I, he gets an automatic pass in my book. 10 out of 10 would hang out with him? Yes. Oh, and definitely. Now, I, I can, now, because of this, I can kind of picture Ben Affleck as Maze Hughes. And you got or Ga- Mustang. No. Mustang. Matt Damon would be Mustang. But do you see Matt Damon up there, though? No, you don't. Still, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck as Mustang and Hughes? Come on. Yeah. That's, but that's I'm, right no, there. I'm, no, I'm talking about the picture itself. I mean, Affleck as Hughes, Gal Gadot as Reza Hawkeye, uh, Ray Fisher as, fuck it, as Alphonse, because he's cyborg, you know? Oh, and, and, and Jason Momoa, maybe as um, Ed's old man or Scar. No, no, not Scar. No. Roy Mustang. Mustang, yeah, yeah, Mustang. That would be cool. <laughs> that, I mean, seriously. Don't you love it when, uh, when the stars of uh, these kind of things are nerds themselves? When the stars align. I see what you did there. Mm. <laughs> Or when the stars are cosplay, but, you know, the other ones sound better. So, yeah, so pretty much every Justice League event that was going on, he showed up as friggin' Edward Elric. And I believe last year, he co- he did a cosplay from The Hobbit. Frodo? No, it wasn't Frodo. This was in a different article that I had read, and I thought that was really cool. That's what you call, that's what you call nerdy as fuck. And as a reminder, let y'all know, what's cool is the fact that Warner Brothers is putting out the Justice League movie, which is going to hit November 17th. But what's also interesting is Warner Brothers Japan is putting out the live-action Full Metal Alchemist movie December 1st. So, it's like a two-for-one deal, you know? Yay! And now we go to our chat room over at live.vognetwork.com. There were still more discussions about uh, San Diego Comic Con. And as Bob Coffey says, Speaking as a San Diego native, I'd rather see them expand the convention center than trying to attract another NFL team or fuckery like that. Yeah. SD, yeah, they need to learn their lessons from Baltimore. Because you see, Otakon's like, Peace out, G. We'll be back in a couple of years. All that money is going to D.C. now. Yeah, we'll be back when you finally grow a computer. Ooh. Oh, damn. Damn! Oh, <laughs> shots fired. Uh, not shots, you know, just my major hacking powers. And as Rageinator says, when I hear the term, I think of a certain Star Trek character doing stand-up routine rather than quoting Milton. Get it? Comic Con. <sighs> this is all I have to say. That's it. That that's it. You you do not deserve a second one. Nope. Like a little horn at the end. Nope. You 
No, you don't. You didn't even deserve that. That was. That's how bad that joke was. <laughs> that was bad. You should feel bad. That was. You know. Yeah. Ari, can you tell us about Akira, please? I need. I need to get that bad joke out of my head. Sure. Thank you. And, and I'll replace it with a whole bunch of screaming Tetsuo and Kaneda back and forth. Tetsuo! Kaneda! Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon has put up a listing for the Akira 35th anniversary manga box set, revealing an image, release date, as well as other materials. If you are interested, you can pre-order the bundle from the classic, like, for the classic Japanese graphic novel with, with this link from the shopping website, which I will share in a chat. You can also check out what the box set will look like with the image located just below. The Akira 35th Anniversary box set features all six volumes in addition to the Akira Club hardcover art book and the pill design patch. You can you can check out the full product description on Manga Bundle by uh, the, uh, the Amazon listing. An all-new complete 35th Anniversary hardcover box set of one of the most acclaimed and influential comics of all time, with the original Japanese art and right-to-left reading format for the first time. The science fi fiction epic that changed anime and manga forever is presented in six beautiful hardcover volumes, plus the hardcover Akira Club art book and exclusive patch with iconic pill design. In 1982, Kodansha published the first chapter of Akira, a dystopian saga set in Neo Tokyo, a city recovering from thermonuclear attack where the streets have been ceded to motorcycle gangs and rich and powerful run dangerous experiments on destructive supernatural powers they cannot control. In 1988, the manga was adapted in what was at the time the most expensive animated film ever made, which brought Akira's influence out of the manga world and onto the global stage. Today, it remains a touchstone for artists, writers, filmmakers, and fans, retaining all the brutal impact and narrative intensity it had when the Ultima film first first unleash it onto the world. It'll be released on October 24th in North America. So yeah, if I had the money for it, I would drop it for it. If it comes out like Justin, around... If, if it comes out around the time of 99 bucks, I'll buy it. I was hmm. going to say, just time for Halloween! <laughs> Cosplayer's Holy Day. Also, Yay! yeah, it's 129.25. <laughs> Anywho, uh, moving right along, um, I know Ichigo is probably beaming about this one a little bit. A combination of beam a little bit. And, squishy, yeah. squishy did. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who grew up with some Shonen Jump stuff, and you're into One Piece like I am, Anime One Piece is to become a live-action TV series produced in the U.S. Let's hope for good things. <laughs> Surprise announcement comes at the 20th anniversary celebration of the pirate manga, as producers hope to make it the most expensive TV series ever produced. Hachito <laughs> Oda, the creator of One Piece anime manga franchise, recently took a moment to thank fans for their support over the decades, and also remind them that one the, the one-day comic he's been drawing for the last two decades will come to a close. But... Hot on the heels of that, the declaration of an, eventually, an eventual ending comes news of a brand new beginning for One Piece. Hiroyuki Nakano, editor-in-chief of publisher Shuisha's Weekly Shonen Jump anthology, appeared at an event at Tokyo Tower on July 21st to commemorate the manga's 20th anniversary. 
One Piece's first chapter was published in Weekly Shonen Jump in July of 1997. Now you can feel old. While there, Nakano made a shocking announcement that not only is a live-action One Piece TV series in the works, but that it'll be produced in the U.S. Handling production of the series will be Tomorrow Studios, the production company which counts Marty Adelstein, producer of Prison Break, which among its show. members, and which is also working on a live-action adaptation of the 1998 anime Cowboy. At the event, a statement from Oda was presented in which one of his creators said, There have been talks of making a live-action One Piece movie many times over the past 20 years, and we began seriously perusing the idea three years ago. There were many twists and turns along the way, but we found a good partner, coincidentally, just as the manga's 20th anniversary comes. I'm very happy. Oda went on to say that he has placed a condition upon the live-action project, Specifically that it absolutely not betray the fans who have supported the franchise for 20 years. Thank you, Oda-san. <laughs> a statement from Adelstein was also presented, in which the producer said that he has been a fan of One Piece for 20 years. Huh. Like you should be when you're producing an anime live-action. He also predicted that the live-action One Piece will be the most expensive TV series ever produced, and that given the worldwide attention, he expects the adaptation to receive such investment, which will mean it will be much more than justified. No details were provided regarding this when the series would begin airing, nor which parts of the 872 chapter and growing One Piece manga would be adapted. This isn't the first time someone has announced a live-action One Piece, but it is the first time for Shueisha itself to be doing the talking. Adelstein professed enthusiasm for the project is also encouraging, although his numerical claims seem a bit suspect. To have been a fan of One Piece for 20 years, he'd need to have been importing Japanese text versions of the manga for patient or patiently sifting through online scanlations in dial-up internet age, since One Piece wasn't officially published in English until 2003. The anime didn't start in Japan until 1999, and didn't reach American airwaves until 2004. And while any producer would salivate over the prospective freedom of working on the largest TV budget in history, it takes some phenomenal wheeling and dealing for Tomorrow Studios to obtain any sort of financial backing of that numerical number. Quantity. One Piece may be a proven cash cow in Japan, but despite building up a respectable fan base in other countries, it's never achieved quite the same level of popular support as many other major hits in English-speaking anime fandom, such as Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, or Evangelion. Throw in the abysmal track record live-action adaptations anime have, especially those produced overseas, and investors probably won't be fighting each other to throw money at a live-action one piece. Even Japanese investors are likely to be lukewarm on the idea of bankrolling a TV series that will need to be translated and dubbed in Japanese before it can air in the franchise's native country, and is almost virtually guaranteed to feature not even a single bankable domestic star. Still, at its heart, One Piece is a pirate story, and the lack of Japanese settings and characters mean Tomorrow Studios can avoid the difficult decision between retaining Japanese aspects and confusing newcomers or scrubbing ethnic elements from and upsetting existing fans, which has resulted in backlashes against live-action versions of the most recent Ghost in Shell and Death Note. Whether that will be enough to provide smooth sailing for the live-action, one Piece is something we're going to have to wait an indefinite amount of time to see. I noticed they left out the uh, original... 
mentions of the original uh, four kids dub of One Piece. What are you talking about? Um, do you mean as far as like when it was shown on uh, English television, or yeah? Um, well, that was in two thousand four, so. It's as it's as if they're embarrassed by it. I mean, rightfully so, but. Ari. Yeah. Like the mafia. The, we don't talk about it. The 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 one, the, uh, the four kids dub of One Piece doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Oh, how foolish of me. My apologies. <laughs> All right. That... <laughs> and as Bob Coffey says, live action One Piece. Don't know if one. All right. This is what's going to happen. They're going to pilot. They're going to pilot. The episode. They're going to be 12 episodes in the first season. Fox is going to get the rights to it, put it on Friday nights at 8 p.m. And we'll never hear from it again. And it'll be canceled, and this will be the opening theme. Yo! Oh, fuck! <laughs> what the hell? What the Yes, that will be the opening theme, and you fans know, around the world will lose their proverbial shit and turn the TV off. You know what? I imagine, like, if it ends up being something akin to, like, Waterworld, I could see it doing well. Because I liked Waterworld, and I think if it has those same kind of... If it keeps a lot of the gritty aspects of the manga, I, I can see it doing well. As well as some of the sci-fi stuff that's been coming out. Please turn that off. Hold on, it's coming down to the end. We're almost there, don't worry. He's just getting me back for his being mailed a book of stamps from last week. Did you get your stamps yet, Ranma? Did the post office fail you? No, it... My friend Caitlin, who lives in Japan, pre-ordered it for me, so I have to pay her in a few weeks so she can so she can send it to me. Uh huh. So I have mine. So what if, now? If they don't have, if they don't play that, they'll probably get Vic Mignogna to sing the cover of We Are. They'll probably play that. I'll be instead. okay with that. That that that'll be for like the last three episodes of the first season, but by then it's too late for the ratings because people have to- have turned their backs on it. They're to be honest, it. no. It's I think the anime that... version of Firefly. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Because here's what I have a feeling. When Cowboy Bebop comes out, so many people are going to be saying, this is just a ripple for Firefly. Then I'm going to oh, proceed to start punching people in their heads. Yeah, that was the sound of a million sphincters all clenching up at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, so anywho, now that we kind of, I kind of got that out of my system, let's talk about one of my favorite networks growing up, not really growing up, but as a teenager adult, uh, G4. Not really G4, but Tech TV, which became G4 Tech TV, and then became G4. Now, you already know, G4 already rebranded itself as, um... As the, uh, let's see if I, if I remember correctly, it was going to rebrand it as the Esquire Network, but they just shut it down completely, and Style Network got rebranded to that. But what's going to happen is in Canada, they're going to finally uh, shut down G4 in Canada. 
So I guess it was due to ratings. And what was interesting is at the time when G when Tech TV was around, they were showing some cool anime like uh, Banner of the Stars, Crest of the Stars, and a few others. You know, it, it, at the time, Tech TV and eventually G4 Tech TV was like one of your few spots where you can watch anime. And they showed it late at night, so it wasn't as edited, which was cool. And what's interesting is this. Now, G Tech TV was on cable and it was on satellite. G4 was not was sort of the same way, but they weren't on Dish Network. It was like the Dish Network or DirecTV they couldn't get on there. So Comcast actually bought uh, Tech TV just to merge it to G4 just to get it on one of those satellite state network companies which maybe like a year in dropped it well I guess when you try to brand yourself like a little like a Spike TV Jr. it's not going to go over as well I remember like years ago I was like my friend and I actually took a bus up to New York City to audition to be on be an attack on the show host yeah and well we didn't get very far I think um, one of my the earlier one, one of the, an alumni of the show uh, Kuro Usagi she actually I think she sent in like an audition or something for attack of the show I think but to be like one of the helpers I think to be like a co-host or something I thought that was really cool. Yeah, like we, we waited for like hours in the fucking ninety degree, like hundred percent humidity weather. Yikes! I got like, like there were like the cameras like fl you know, like flying by, so like talking to people, like asking people like questions about it, stuff. And I forget what it, what it was, but I think the heat made my fucking brain lock up because mm. they asked me something and I just like froze for a couple seconds. Understandable. So, yeah, I never, never saw vid like footage of it anywhere, but you know. Mm-hmm. It's probably, it's probably in the, they probably hit the cutting room floor. It's probably sitting on a server somewhere. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But um. Anywho, moving along. I would have loved to have been a host on that. That would have been cool. Alright, Itchy, are you ready to do a little bit of dancing? Why? Because you got you to gotta do a little dance for uh, Love Live. No. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, okay, whatever. You remind I'll dance me too, like a jellyfish. You remind me too much of Johanne and Madi. <laughs> well, for those of you who do love Love Live, uh -huh, Sunshine, um, they are doing videos of cast teaching choreography for the upcoming festival. If you are planning to enjoy the Love Live Sunshine activities this summer, the series Real Life Setting of Numazu is holding its 70th annual fireworks festival on the Kano River this weekend. A Love Live Sunshine stage event will take place over two days, including a choreographed dance to Aquar's single, Sunshine Pika Pika Ando. Don't know the moves? The cast from the anime series are more than happy to teach you. 
Interesting. Aquas will perform their festival dance routine four times, three times on Saturday and once on Sunday. Visitors are encouraged to participate in the routine, so practice your moves. The Izuhakone Railway is also prepping for the festival by deploying its picture-wrap buses, commemorative tickets, and goods. Most of the items will feature artwork from the Happy Party Train single, and the railway launched a fully wrapped Happy Party Train train in April. The Sunshine Pika Pika Ando single was released in Japan on, in August 2016. Which I realize I have that song, and it's really cool. I like it. But I can say, Happy Party Train was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. It's a little bit more deeper to me, so it was just a melody. And as Bob Coffey tells us, seeing Aquars live at AX was too good. Just so you know, I'm, I'm just a little bit jealous. Just a little bit. There was, I believe, a recent concert in the D.C. area, and I did have someone I know that came down to see it. Um, and he enjoyed it. Uh, oh, you mean when they had it in the theater? Yeah, when they had yeah. it in the theater. I, I was at the New York airing for that one. I enjoyed the That's fuck right. out of that. <laughs> Hopefully they'll do a few more, because some things are worth dropping that type of money on. I mean, fuck. I mean, the 12 o'clock showing sold out just like that, so I was like, I was so glad to get my hands on a 4 o'clock ticket, you know? And I'm, I'm just sitting over here just, like, looking at you because Love Live has done nothing for me. It's not for everybody. But speaking of stuff that should be for everybody, why don't you tell us about Voltron? Will do. Now let me bring it up. Where was it? Here it is. <clears throat> Come on. There we go. The staff of DreamWorks Animation Television and Netflix's Voltron Legendary Defender series announced at Comic-Con International on Thursday that the third season will be seven episodes and will premiere on August 4th. The fourth season will premiere in October. In addition, the staff announced that AJ Locasio is voicing Prince Lotor and introduced four half-galra half female generals who support him. The staff will also share... An Seth also shared a new trailer and the first episode of Season 3 at the panel. Ooh. The trailer implied that the Paladins will be using different lines this season. The 13-episode season premiered on Netflix on January 20th. DreamWorks describes the second season's premise as Team Voltron has been scattered throughout the universe in the aftermath of a perilous battle with Zarkon, Hagar, and the evil Galra Empire. Working to bring the Lions back together from, to form Voltron again, the Paladins plan to defeat the Galra once and for all takes them across the universe in search of new worlds and unexpected allies. The show's 11th episode for a season premiered on Netflix in June 2016 and features a voice cast of Stephen Yoon as Keith, Jeremy Shada as Lance, Bex Taylor-Klaus as Pidge, Josh Keaton as Shiro, formerly Zven, Tyler Labine as Hunk, Kimberly Brooks as Princess Allura, Reese Darby as Koran, and Neil Kaplan as King Zarbon. Zarkon. The character known as... Huh? You said Zarbon. Zarkon. Yeah. Blech. It's all good. The character, the character known as Zen in the first Voltron, Voltron television series was, was originally named Takashi Shirogane in the King of the Beasts Go Lion, the original anime series that was adapted as Voltron. 
and he was also killed off, and that's sent to a quote hospital planet. Okay. Studio Mir, who made The Legend of Korra, animated the first series, and Dos Santos, Laura, Mac Laura Montgomery, and Tim Hedrick all worked together on Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. I have to sit down and watch this series. It's good. And I, and I so I keep hearing. <laughs> I clicked on uh, Neil Kaplan because I was curious. Hey, he's he's a hometown boy. He's from he's from Bayonne. Neat. I have to agree. Even enjoying the old series just a smidgen more, I did enjoy this new series. Yes, I mean at the end of season two, all I said was, if you've watched the original series, you know what's going to happen next. And I was saying to so a friend of mine who's a big into the fandom, she's like. Well, they explained that in the third, in the in the new trailer. I'm like, I didn't even see the new trailer. I just knew from that point on exactly where they were going with it, because something similar happened in the original dub. So, and I'm not too fond of them splitting seasons three and four, because season three is seven episodes. I'm going to assume season four is also seven episodes. But I get it. They're trying. I get it, but at the same time, I don't. I would have rather had. I would have been okay with waiting till September to see all 14 episodes, but it, it don't matter because... People are going to eat it up anyway. Yes, in about a week and a half, I will be sitting here after work with with with, with, a with dinner. Order, I'm ordering dinner. I'm going to sit here, and I'm probably going to watch like the first five or six episodes and get all into it and crank the volume on my speakers. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. Um... And Raginator goes, Zarkon! God damn it, Raginator. Sigh. Better Raginator than intern Drew, who still thinks the joke book still exists. As in literal joke books? No. The running joke was, intern Drew had really, really bad jokes. And we kept saying that, he kept saying he got the jokes from a joke book. Now, one night on one episode of OLR... At Dev took the joke book and burned it, and I made sure of that. So whenever he would try to make a joke, we kept telling him we destroyed the joke book, but you can't. And somehow he created a brand new one. Silly RPG things, you know. So we're like, oh. so we're like, <laughs> God damn it, Drew. Okay, now that we got that out the way, um, we're going to go ahead and open up the Skype line. So if you have any questions about tonight's show, go ahead and give us a call on Skype at Anime Jam Session. All calls are cut to two minutes due to time constraint. Um, but I am, I am happy we are doing really good time tonight for what we've been talking about. So while that's up and running, I'm going to go ahead and get the music going. And I've noticed something. It seems like every time that Mako-chan is out, she usually gives us strange news from Japan articles that make us go, what the fuck? And I think she did that again. And I, I'm starting to believe she's not doing it on purpose either. It's totally on purpose. I don't think so. Wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it was on purpose. Mm. Well... How about we do this? I'll take the first story. Ari takes the second one. And Ichigo takes the third. But there's a bathroom there, though! That's... Okay, what about it? I want to do the edible one. I don't want to 
do the last one. Why do you leave me with the last one? Uh, because last time uh, Mako-chan was out, Ari did the, the story that cracked everybody. And before that, I did the story that cracked everybody. So it's your turn in the barrel. Okay. But before we go ahead and do that, we have a call on the show. You are live on Anime Jam Session. Who are we talking with tonight? Hello, you are live on Anime Jam Session. Who are we talking with tonight? Oh, Skype. I thought I had fixed this. Hold on for one second. Alright. Everything is plugged in the way it should be. Can you hear us? Caller, can you hear us? Hello? It's going out, but we're not hearing him. I hate it when this happens. Yeah. I don't know why this is reminding me of a song by Flight of the Concords that's called, like, Bowie in Space. Do you actually like them? I do. I think they're funny. Okay. I just thought it was a little bit too eccentric for my tastes. That's okay. More for me to enjoy. And you can have that. Alright, so this is alright, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to flip the cabling over and just set up directly through our Skype tablet computer. Cause I have an odd feeling that our that the external device coming in it may be on its last legs. According to our caller, it was Regenerator. He says that he heard us, but we couldn't hear him. And that's what happened. We could not hear you. It was not being picked up at all. And, and we promised. We weren't ignoring you. Exactly. We promise. The volume was set for max, so, you know. Um, hold on. Let me look at this. Yeah. And, and the setting coming in is set just the way it should be, so I don't understand why it shouldn't. Ugh. So, don't. I might have to do another test later or something like that. But right now, I blame the Skype gods and the external sound card. God, technology. As Dark Tetsuya says. In regards to the joke book, it's probably like the Necronomicon. You have to say the magic words to destroy it. But we did. Okay, well, let's talk about strange news from Japan. Here's the first one. Japanese thief returns a stolen bicycle. No, he, st he returns a stolen bicycle includes a written apology and an edible gift to, to apologize for his actions. They say that Japan is virtually crime-free, but it's more than an exaggeration anything. You ask me, you still have thieves in Japan, but when they're in trouble, they're honorable. most of them are honorable about it and fess up to it. One of the most common crimes in Japan is bicycle theft, which is kind of normal here. And sometime back, Japanese Twitter user Bursi23555 had his bike stolen. 
but oddly enough, his bicycle later returned suddenly as it had disappeared, and the thief left a note apologizing and left a present to make up for the inconvenience that he caused. In the basket was a large watermelon. Okay. And there was a note taped to the frame, and it said, I end up borrowing your bike without permission, and I'm sorry. As an apology, I am leaving one watermelon in your basket. Please eat it. It will taste best if you chill it before eating. I will probably borrow your bike again when I go to my part-time watermelon job. LOL. I will leave a note again at that time. I apologize. P.S. Don't forget to lock up your bike. Someone will steal it. That was an awfully backhanded apology. It's like that, it's like, um, you ever watch Night Court and you had that one guy that was on, no, no, not Night uh, Cheers, you had the guy on there that was always doing magic tricks and stuff, and, you know, it was like, you'd make similar comments, it reminded me of that so much. So, I stole your bike, but here's the watermelon, though you might want to make it cold if you're going to eat it, because it won't taste good otherwise, but, uh, bitch, you better lock up your bicycle, I'm going to steal it again, though, just a heads up. The fuck? I know. <laughs> watermelons are here's the thing though, watermelons are popular gifts when visiting friends, you know, during the summertime. But it's kind of odd to get one who from someone who stole your bike for an extended joyride. But well, some, considering he works at a watermelon cellar, and actually in Japan a lot of fresh fruit, even strawberries, is super super expensive. Um I don't know. I feel like it's an equal exchange. He gave me back my bike. True. True. Now, according to um, netizens, here are some of the comments. All's well that ends well. You got your bike back and even something extra. What a fine, upstanding crime. So the next time, <laughs> so the next time he borrows it, I wonder if he'll leave you some cauliflower on your seat or something. There are there are some really kind people in the world. But there were some people that were not too fond of that. Comments like, he wasn't being kind when he stole the bike. So he stole your bike but brought it back with a watermelon. Not sure that makes your neighborhood safe or not. I bet the watermelon is poisoned. But the, our Twitter user ate the watermelon and he's fine with it. And somebody also said he might have stolen the watermelon out of the patch. Wow. If the proof, if the fruit was indeed stolen, there's no proof now because the evidence is gone. But remember, you should always procure your watermelons in the old-fashioned ways, either buying it at a market or growing it your own. Because even in Japan, most thieves aren't known for their generosity. Or you know, have it stolen for you and eat the body. There's no crime if there's no body. You're in a bitey mood tonight. <laughs> That is a descriptive word for it, Ronma. Mm. Alright, let's cover this real quick, because Ray J has a question for us, and I think I can answer this pretty quickly. Okay. He wants to know, what are the odds of the new Voltron season coming to iTunes or the, or, or Microsoft Store? Mm. Or in this case, Windows Store. And number two, on a related cartoons in general, ever notice that certain shows like Transformers G1 only had the first season on the digital storefront like iTunes? Why aren't season two onward sold there? Okay. Digital distribution is generally the easiest way to put it out there. But you have to understand there is licensing between various companies to get it in digital distribution. 
probably what it is. Um, but you also gotta understand, Voltron is on a streaming service like Netflix, so you're not going to see a Netflix original show on iTunes or the Windows Store for purchase to stream. That won't happen. If it yeah, it's a- not gonna happen, and I feel like it, it won't be released for that until mm-hmm. they start to do DVDs, and I feel like that's a few years down the road. Well, they did a... I think they released um, Orange's New Black on DVD, but still, that did not go to any other um, streaming service. Yeah, you'll have to purchase the DVDs, I think. Now, as for other shows... Now, I believe older shows, they'll put one season up just to see how well it sells. If the sales aren't as good, they won't make the attempt to put another season up. Because you have older shows was readily was readily on a physical medium, then you have to spend time putting in a digital distribution. So that's time and money that some companies don't want to invest into. Now, if it was something more newer program where everything that's done nowadays is digital, so it's easily to upload the digital episodes through to a company to stream it and stuff like that. So, hopefully that answers your question. Okay, Ari. All right, I'm taking the second one. Yup. Take your singing to new heights, I see what you did there, on the world's first karaoke Ferris wheel in Tokyo. From August 1st, the world's first karaoke entertainment Ferris wheel will begin operations in Tokyo. (coughs) The Ferris wheel itself is in existence for over a decade at Tokyo Dome City, an extensive amusement complex in Tokyo's Bungio Ward. 60 meters, 200 feet in diameter, the Big O, as the Ferris wheel is called, was registered as the world's largest centerless Ferris wheel by the Guinness World Records in 2006. Tokyo's largest roller coaster, which is also in the park, passes through the center of the Big O. Now in collaboration with the Tokyo-based karaoke company Joy Sound, eight of the Ferris wheel's 40 gondolas will offer karaoke services with a lineup of 50 songs, including songs by artists performing at the Tokyo Dome, current hits, and anime theme songs, though we doubt these services will include machines that reward good singings with pictures of naked women. I, see, I get the callback. <laughs> for 820 yen, which is like $7 and change per person, you and up to three other people can sing your hearts out over a fantastic view of the city for a full rotation of the wheel, which lasts about 15 minutes. While standard karaoke prices are a bit cheaper, keep in mind that you're enjoying the two attractions in one, and a big O will offer you sights you won't get from a standard karaoke room. If you're planning on spending an extended time at the Tokyo Dome City for a better deal, you can opt for the one-day pass or the Ride 5 ticket, which gets you rides in the five Tokyo City Dome attractions for 2,600 yen. And it's over from 11 to 9 p.m. Hmm. Well, that looks like a lot of fun. I can only imagine what anime songs I'll have on there. Am I the only one thinking of a roller coaster? Like the song "Love Roller Coaster." Yes. I don't. I, I don't think you are. Okay, good. I'm making. I thought I wasn't the only one I was thinking of during this. I was gonna say when they open the karaoke roller coaster. Um, you know what, Ichigo? What? You Chicken can, butt. Interesting answer. 
God. <laughs> God. Well, prepare yourselves. Prepare your bowels. No, I'm kidding. Oh. Um, the next article's a shit show. Oh. You're just cranking them out, aren't you? I <laughs> am. Uh, that's what happens when you have too much fiber in your diet. She's getting her revenge. That's not what I meant. Uh, <laughs> so she, for those of you who are getting her revenge, she's getting her revenge one pinch at a time. I know, just one pinch. Um, poop exhibit at the Tokuyama Zoo this summer. Thirteen animals excrement is on display to smell and touch. Why? The zoo has planned a highly interactive exhibit allowing visitors to be completely immersed in animals' poo. So do you think you love animals? Well, as many Motown songs have attested, true love means appreciating both the good and less appealing aspects about something. It's one thing to have a picture of an elephant on your computer desktop. It's another to take a big whiff of their poo and caress it in your arms. What? To help people achieve this ultimate intimacy with some of their favorite beasts, Tokuyama Zoo in Yamaguchi Prefecture is holding their first ever Unkoten poop exhibit from 22nd of July to the 31st of August. This exhibit will display the excrement of several of the zoo's animals along with other special displays and events. Among them will be the opportunity to touch an elephant's bowel movement. Of course, because of health concerns, the poop is dried, disinfected, and coated with varnish, making it safe and odorless, so you don't have to take the aroma home with you. Um. There are smelling displays available as well, Ranma, where you can sample the scents of 13 different creatures, including tigers, giraffes, and even African spurred tortoises. Each animal's poo is given an odor ranking from one, least smelly, to five, most smelly. Carnivores such as tigers are said to have the highest smell scores, whereas the Japanese giant flying squirrels rank the least smelly. However, word has it that the highlight of the event is the poop of the red panda, better known as the lesser panda in Japan. According to a zoo spokesperson, there species actually smells very pleasant thanks to their diet of bamboo that is only partially digested. I imagine it smells something like a brand new rattan chair. Hmm. Cute and pleasant. Go ahead, Ari. Have I mentioned that I hate this planet? Cute and pleasant smelling poop to boot, we should all aspire to be the lesser panda. And that's not all. During two weekends in August, you can make your very own piece of elephant dung out of paper. Must-see petrified poop will also be out on display, and there will even be an occasional appearance by a giant turd mascot. Oh, and dung beetles? You bet! It's certainly a shit show, par excellence, and the excitement online is palpable. What is this? I was cool with going to see it, but touching, well, the kids do like poop. This is one of the weirder fads Japan has gone through. The last comment is referring to the craze started by Unko Kanji Drills, or Poop Kanji Drills, line of writing textbooks that has blossomed into a media force. However, this isn't the first time the Tokuyama Zoo has gotten down and dirty. 
In previous years, they've hosted an ugly animals exhibit, and last year's cockroach event turned a lot of heads, and then turned them right back the other way in disgust. This time, they're expecting an increase of 30,000 plus visitors to Unkoten, which seems rather optimistic. But it would be great if they do get it, so more people can come appreciate the important role feces plays as a window in the health of all living things. <sighs> so if you find yourself in Japan, do do go check out this exhibit. One and only one. one. So what about the last one? You mean the number two? this one for next week and let somebody else dump on it. How does no, that No sound? one might not want to come back to a show after after being subjected to this. Oh, yeah, she will. Alright, I'll, I'll judge, I'll trust your <clears throat> judgment on that. Good, good, good. Because if you don't, nobody else will and we'll have a problem. We'll be at a standstill. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on VOGNetwork.com, use the passphrase, PORCH. Never mind the stool that's over there. Just take some coconut milk, it'll pass. I was thinking milk of magnesia. That works too. <laughs> Maybe some X-Lax? No, 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 no. Chemical stuff's so good. Anyway. And Rager thinks he's a bad influence on me. Nope, 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 nope. No, the corruption was already done before you arrived, sir. So, we're going to take our last break. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to dump this now, so. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> we'll be back.
kind of ran a little bit longer than normal, but it's okay. We had fun here with a lot of number ones and number twos, so. <sighs> oh, well, yeah, sorry about that. But anywho, um, if you have any ideas for the show, you want to tell us what you like, what you hate, what's up, what's going on, uh, you can drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We want to know what's up. We're here to believe you. Check out our website at uh, animejamsession.com where we post our links to our convention videos, convention photos, cosplay articles, editorials, convention reviews, um, anime reviews, and other cool stuff. Um, our CloverCon report is finally up, and in the next coming uh, days, our... Borough cover you will be up, so definitely be on the lookout for that. And don't forget, if you're not able to check out our podcast on our website at AnimeJamSession.com, you can find us on these other syndicated sites such as Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and the VOD Network forums. I'm going to have to update this list and make it a little bit easier for y'all to check it out on our website. You should definitely check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Anime Jam Session TV, where we post all of our convention videos. I know it's been a while since you've seen some new stuff coming in, but I'm working on it. Definitely swing by and check those out. Check out our Twitter page, twitter.com slash Anime Jam Session, where we post all of our uh, links to our website, our Facebook page, our YouTube, all that cool stuff. Conventions that we probably are going to, and other cool stuff you might be in interest to know. And Facebook, facebook.com slash anime jam session. I just want to say to everybody who follows us on our social media sites, thank you so much for following. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Those of you who seem to like our social media pages and follow us, we will definitely bring you some content. But we're not the only uh, geek uh, podcast here on the VOD Network, so you definitely want to check out some of these other shows. Here is the Star Wars Power Coupling Podcast, The Geek Card, Bobby Blackwell Show, Orange Lounge Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone Wild, Ranger Pride, Game Bowie, and Hooked on Bond. Alright, so we're going to go around the room. Last words. Ari. Uh, I just want to get to bed because I don't like waking up at 5 o'clock. But you probably already knew that. Yeah, we feel you on that. Last word, Ichigo. I'm going to go off and be a magical girl who trolls the universe. Night, guys. Uh, my last word is... I'm going to knock up the edits real quick. Probably watch, probably watch the rest of SmackDown and call it a night. Because work is work. So, that is it. End of list. We're going to get up on out of here. Uh, like I said, we have some stuff rolling in for next week's episode, so be on the standby for that. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Ichigo Gami. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Sayonara. Say good night, Ichigo. Good night, Ichigo. That was cool and simple and straight to the point. We're going to get out of here. Good night, y'all. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or...
Bill Wright, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!